Hi all. Um, today I've been thinking a lot. Uh, actually a thought that's been coming to me over a period of time. Uh, am I a writer? Like just a writer? Or am I more than that? What's my job description? Am I just to write fun books that um, you, know, you can read, enjoy for the moment, put aside? Or should there be books that linger, make you think thoughts that maybe you've already been thinking, but maybe you haven't? And then the little worm of thought. Am I an activist? Am I a voice for the voiceless? An instrument of change? Can I, can I really be attributing these lofty titles to myself? Or is that just being really vain? Then I came across uh, a book. It's, called, uh, uh, it's by a writer called Alex Gino, uh, who wrote a very beautiful book called George. But this one that I'm going to talk about today is called You Don't Know Everything, Jilly P. I know that this is not just a book, it's much more than that because I finished reading it a while ago and it keeps coming back. Um, it really is to me an instrument of change, of deeper thinking and empathy. At the very least, it's a way to encourage a thought process that may just be deeper than any I've had before, maybe. Because this is a book that has forced me to ask myself if I've ever hurt someone, even if I had their best interests at heart. This is an important thing. Sometimes you want to hurt someone and you say something. Sometimes in anger you say something. But suppose you really thought you were doing the right thing and it still ended up hurting. Right? This is an important thing to think about. I'm reminded of two things. One, a, a while ago, many years ago, uh, I was in a school doing a program called Literature in Action, as is this podcast. Um, and we were talking about discrimination. And I asked the kids what it was and could they give examples. They all talked about slavery in America, the apartheid in South Africa, and all felt that this was something which happened a long time ago. I asked them if any of them felt that maybe they were prejudicial or discriminatory in their words, in their actions, and they all said no. We went on to do some exercises where we all discovered, including me, the teacher, that no, perhaps prejudice is within our fibers so deep that it becomes so much a part of ourselves that we don't realize what it is for we don't re we don't recognize it for what it is uh, i was also reminded of a time when uh, there was an invitation sent to me uh, as well as a gender neutral person for a festival which was largely for an audience of parents and children um, the gender-neutral person uh, gave a bio-description of themselves. Now, this is something that I learned later, is that you don't refer to her, 
him or he, her, you say they, you use the plural term which is gender neutral. Um, so anyway, this invitation was issued, the bio that was sent by the gender, neut gender neutral person had some words that the person who had issued the invitation felt that could find objection amongst parents and the young people and asked uh, for these to be removed and that description to be removed and said that when you come to this festival, maybe at that point you can talk about it and describe it. And at that time I felt that by refusing to make that change or by taking so much offense that the general neutral person was being overly touchy to the one who had issued the invitation. After all, she was trying to be sensitive. And honestly, this was new territory for all of us. We needed to learn new terms and to be accepted. We needed to learn the terms that were now acceptable and drop those which were no longer acceptable. Think of it this way, the word Negro, the word um, nigger, the horrible N-word as it's considered now, and the word blacks, which is now the politically correct, acceptable African-American or person of African descent, right? Um, so like that, terms do change the more one becomes sensitive and I felt that in this particular case where we were going to talk about gender neutrality and gender issues and LGBTQ issues um, that we should have had that conversation but we didn't because the gender neutral person in question dropped out of the whole project. Um, I felt that this conversation now couldn't happen and who did it help? I don't think it helped anyone. About four years later, when I was reading um, this particular book, uh, You Don't Know Everything, Jilly P, uh, it's a book which deals with multiple issues, mainly special need and people of color. Uh, and I came across two characters, one black deaf kid and one an aunt who is in a same-sex uh, relationship, marriage, um, and is also black. Uh, their sensitivity, their annoyance when someone says something that is offensive in their eyes. There are moments when the person who said it didn't overtly mean something badly, but the po sometimes they did, sometimes some character did, but often, or sometimes they didn't, they were trying. Um, but the point is that people in a position of privilege have for so long been in that position that when, when it's been all right to say all kinds of things, we don't sense the offense. And I think it's a very deep empathy and sensitivity that we need to develop in order to gauge that. Um, I don't even know if I'm making sense right now because I'm just so moved on the one hand and confused on the other because I'm in that place of, place of privilege. And there are many remarks I've been looking back on, wondering, was that hurtful to the person who 
I said it too. I know I didn't mean it to hurt, but did it hurt any, anyway? Um, so I'm just going to read a little bit from uh, GDP. What's happened is that there's a Christmas dinner um, where the aunt who is black and in a same-sex marriage has refused the invitation of her white in-laws um, because they've made very insensitive remarks, some overtly and pointedly, and some where I think the person maybe didn't realize, but should have been sensitive anyway. No one says Aunt Elicia's name, but it hangs in the air, making everything on my plate taste bitter. Uncle Mike keeps at it, and all because of an old story about Dad and another about Mum being curious about a dessert that was made by blacks. It's not just that, I say, and the whole table turns to look at me. I'd better make this good. Then what is it? Uncle Mike smirks at me like he's stuck me with a question I can't answer. And I'm not sure I can. It's racism, I say, and I watch the mouths of the adults drop around the table. Whoa, now, says Uncle Mike. I'm not a racist, Grandma shakes her head, and I'll not be called one by someone who's not old enough to remember Rodney King, much less Martin Luther King Jr. No one says you're a racist, says Mum. Sure sounds like that's what your daughter is calling me, says Uncle Mike. What I'm saying, I try again, is that racism is a big problem, like really big. And sometimes you don't even know that you're doing it. All I wanted was to taste sweet potato pie, which I had heard that the blacks make. I don't see what's so wrong with that. Aunt Alicia says it's all related and that it hurts even if you don't mean to. It's like having that woman here anyway, says Uncle Mike. Her name is Elicia, says Mom. I know. Then stop calling her that woman. Fine. It's like having Alicia here anyway. And what about Justin and Jamila, Aunt Alicia's kids? Do you want something bad to happen to them when they get older? It's not like that, Jilly. Aunt Lou tries to stop, soften the blow, but Aunt Alicia wouldn't. And I'm not going to do it either. Black kids get shot all the time, I say. And it keeps happening because no one does anything about it. Grandma stiff, sniffs. This is not dinner time conversation. It's just not the right time. Then when is it the right time? To talk about families who can't get together for Christmas, for festivals. When is it the right time? No one answers my question. And really, hasn't this been happening at your dinner times where you want to talk about something that's important to you, maybe painful, maybe about riots, maybe about discrimination. And one of the elders says, this is not the right time. Or at a party where 
you start arguing and someone says, it's not the right time. Gosh, babes, I really think that now is the time. There should never be a right time to talk about something that is so wrong. But now is the time. Talk about it. Don't back down. Express your views. Fight it out. And that's the only way that we can stop discrimination from entering our own hearts. Bye. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट